This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We don't want a no-deal scenario, uh, Mr. Speaker, and the way to avoid it is not to vote for the absurd surrender bill that is before uh, the House today and let the government get on, get on and negotiate a deal, because that is what we want to do. Yeah, I think at this point over in the UK, the question is, what government? That is Prime Minister Boris Johnson not having a good go of it in the last couple of days. In fact, it looks disastrous. Looks like everything is falling down over there. And you've probably seen this story popping around, all the headlines everywhere. It's on social media. And you may wonder, what is going on? It is complicated, you're right, but it's also very significant, I think, to anybody who votes in a parliamentary democracy process, which we do. And we have an election coming up. So how did they get themselves in this? And is Boris Johnson about to make history as one of the shortest tenured prime ministers ever in the history of the United Kingdom? Let's find out. Gavin Riley joins us, political correspondent for Virgin Media Television in Ireland. Gavin, thanks for being back with us. No problem, sir. Good afternoon to you. What is going on with Boris Johnson? <laughs> uh, if only it was as easy to offer a quick uh, answer as it is a quick question like that. Uh, what is going on is that as, as we speak at this very moment, uh, the House of Commons is voting on the final stage of whether to basically pass a law which forces Boris Johnson, whether he likes it or not, to go and seek a three-month delay to Brexit. Now, this is in itself already, to some degree, sort of unprecedented because we had a whole batch of procedural votes yesterday which saw Boris Johnson lose control of what is even on the agenda of Parliament. This would be somewhat similar to um, to uh, Justin Trudeau no longer having control of what laws are discussed uh, in Parliament in Ottawa. It, it's that significant that he literally has no control of what is being discussed or whether he can stop it in any way. Uh, so what's going to happen in the next few minutes is that we are likely to hear that that law has passed and that will therefore be uh, binding on him by the House of Commons that he will have to go to Brussels in a couple of weeks' time and ask for more time. Yeah. Now, the only caveat to that is that it still has to go through the House of Lords. Uh, but that's probably going to happen in the next couple of days. You have to bear in mind, obviously, though, that when Boris Johnson was elected prime minister only about six weeks ago, he was elected on the specific policy goal of delivering Brexit on the 31st of October, deal or no yeah. deal. So if a situation where a prime minister was elected specifically to achieve that policy, and now he is being told by his own parliament, legally bound to pursue a different policy, which is part of the reason why he says maybe the time is right to simply go back and hold another general election. But that is something he also said that he wouldn't do. He also said that he would not call an election. (laughs) It's something that he said he wouldn't do on Monday, and it's something that he said he wouldn't do yesterday, but it's something that he did say he wanted to do earlier today, uh, which (laughs) might give you something of an indication of uh, just how quickly things are changing when when you deliver all of this. Uh, Basically, yeah, Boris Johnson had said that he didn't want to be forced to call an election. It wasn't something that he would personally like to spend his time doing. Uh, But in fairness to him, he is probably now at a point where it's the only way to get around this sort of uh, impasse because you have a situation where, as I said, a prime minister was elected specifically on the policy of getting out of the European Union at Halloween. And now you have a parliament that says, no, we're not going to let you do that because there's going to be too much chaos if you leave without any sort of a a safety net for various different arrangements. So he reckons the only way you can get around that is by saying, well, if this parliament won't let me leave on Halloween, then maybe I might go looking for another parliament that will, which is why he's considering calling an election. Are we also, Gavin, here watching the implosion of the Conservative Party, the party of Margaret Thatcher and David Cameron and John Major? 
It feels a little bit like that, I suppose. You don't want to be too premature about pronouncing the death knell of all of these things, but it, it was very striking last night that we think we had the biggest single uh, push, the, the elimination of um, MPs from the Conservative Party that we've ever had uh, before, that we've, um, you know, you've, you've never seen a situation where you would have 21 senior lawmakers from one party all uh, literally just expelled from the party overnight because they had voted against the government. I mean, this, this wasn't even a situation where it was a confidence motion. These guys weren't voting to bring down their own government, but Boris Johnson saw it as such an affront that they would uh, go against government policy on this, that they've all been kicked out. You have people like uh, Kenneth Clark, who was a long-standing Chancellor of the Exchequer back in the 1990s, people like Philip Halland, who was the Chancellor up, up until only about six weeks ago, and who once upon a time was actually seen as an arch-Eurosceptic. He was seen as being more anti-EU than most uh, Conservative MPs. He's now been eliminated from the party because he doesn't want a no-deal Brexit. You also have the very symbolic figure of a guy called Nicholas Soames, who won't mean very much to very many people, but if you were to look at him, you would see the family likeness already. He is the grandson of of Winston Churchill, who, of course, is Boris Johnson's idol, a man he's written a biography of. He has been kicked out of the party that his his grandfather led with such distinction uh, because the current Prime Minister doesn't like his policy on Europe. Is some of this settling political scores, Gavin? Like Boris Johnson for a long time has been quite a rabble rouser and it just seems to me a bit like some of that is coming home to roost. It does seem a little bit like that as well. And part of that is, again, because of the heavy-handed tactics of expelling those 21 people who rebelled last night. Again, it is worth bearing in mind that a lot of the people who are now in Boris Johnson's cabinet are people who, like him, are Eurosceptic and who want to get out of the European Union. But they are people who voted against Theresa May time and time again because they thought her policies were too pro-EU or that it wasn't quite Brexit enough. So you have a situation where so many of those people voted against the last prime minister time after time after time. Now, the current prime minister has had people vote against him once and he's kicked them out of the party for good. And he's banning them from ever being able to run uh, as conservative candidates in the future. You, you would be forgiven for thinking that he's, he's settling old scores, but perhaps he's maybe trying to show himself as a little bit of a disciplinarian who isn't going to be pushed around by Brussels or by his own backbenchers. That when he says he's going to pursue a policy, that he's going to pursue it come what may right. and that he will, you know, simply bulldoze through the people who stand in his way. How frustrated are the people in the UK right now, though? Because they're essentially watching these politicians fight, 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 fight. And if it were me, if it were my country, I'd feel like, who's in control here? Who's in charge? What is happening? Yeah, the most frustrating thing about it is that people on both camps would be frustrated that you would have those who want there to be either some sort of a pragmatic Brexit or indeed no Brexit at all, who would be frustrated that Boris Johnson seems to be determined to plough on ahead with this policy no matter how many times he keeps getting defeated. And then, of course, on the other side, you have uh, the Brexiteers who don't see what's happening as being Brexit enough, that they want to have this completely clean break. They want to lose all of their dependency on Brussels, even if it does mean a lot of disruption to their lives for the, the first couple of weeks or months or even a few years. And then, of course, in the middle ground, you have those who are not really terribly invested either way and who just want this whole thing to be gotten rid of. You know, when David yeah. Cameron called this election, he called it because he thought, right, we're going to win this vote and all of the, the generations of anti-European sentiment in my party will just have to shut up and go away. Never thought that it would actually happen, but he never thought that three years and three months later that we would still be debating how exactly to pursue Brexit or indeed whether Brexit should actually happen at all. Because the big question is, if the general election results in a pro-European Union government being formed, uh, could they just abandon Brexit or could they go back to the drawing board and start another two-year set of talks all over again? Who knows? Uh, Yeah, who knows? Not even the Prime Minister knows at this point. I have to tell you, watching from our vantage point over here in North America, we can't believe what we see happening 
in this place where really parliamentary democracy got its start. Yeah, and, and that's what, what's been so striking about the last couple of weeks, because bear in mind that this all kicked off, and the reason why Boris Johnson is now facing such a rebellion is because he announced this five-week prorogation, this suspension of Parliament. And, and of course, it, it's so symbolic because Westminster is the mother of Parliament. So many countries like my own in Ireland, like your own in Canada, have inherited that sort of parliamentary procedure from Westminster, and it's very symbolic to see the mother of Parliament literally being shut down for five weeks. So really then the question is, how do the opponents of Brexit use that Parliament to try and, uh, or use the time that's available to them before the shutdown to try and, and achieve their policies as best they can? And that's why suddenly what Boris Johnson should have been facing into a very soft first week uh, when Parliament is coming back for the first time since his election, that instead he's facing this rebellion where he's facing defeat after defeat after defeat because he has effectively goaded his opposition into saying, you've only got this week to work with, you know, you know have, do your best, right. say, have at it. And they've turned around and said, okay, well, we're just going to keep beating you time and time again until we get what we want. Wow. Okay. It is unbelievable to watch. Uh, Gavin, thank you so much for joining us. No, no problem, Simi. Take care. That is Gavin Riley, political correspondent for Virgin Media Television in Ireland, following along with what is happening in the UK.